0: Welcome back to Creston in the Afternoon. Tom Nash filling in for Al Cresta. Abraham, the patriarch, our great father in faith. We always hear him noted in Eucharistic Prayer 1 when it is prayed at the sacrifice of the Mass. We don't oftentimes think of him as a saint because he's an Old Testament kind of a guy, right? But here to talk about that man is Steve Ray. He is well-known for his pilgrimages to the Holy Land. He's been to the Holy Land more than 180 times, which tells you how successful and how reliable his pilgrimages have been, that he's been able to go there that many times. Uh, You can follow him in that regard at FootprintsOfGodPilgrimages.com. That's FootprintsOfGodPilgrimages.com. Steve is also the author of Crossing the Tiber and Upon This Rock from Ignatius Press. He is the host and producer of the Footprints of God DVD series, and has, as I noted, been to the Holy Land that many times, 180 plus, also writes Bible studies for Catholic Scripture Study International. Steve, welcome back to the program.
1: Well, thank you, Tom. It's been a while since we've talked, and uh, it's delightful to uh, share this 40 minutes with you.
0: Thank you very much, Steve. Hey, you know, right off the top, I talked about how Abraham is from the Old Testament. It's like, how can he be a saint? How would you address that to people who think, you know, he's not, he can't be canonized. He doesn't go through the process after Jesus.
1: Well, I think that Jesus canonized him. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm not going to argue Jesus. In Matthew 8, he says, Uh, to the pharisees many will come from east to west and sit at table with abraham isaac and jacob in the kingdom of god so right there jesus said abraham isaac and jacob are saints they're in the kingdom of god and there's other indications of that as well but the catechism is very clear on this in paragraph 61 it says the patriarchs and there he's referring to abraham isaac and jacob some prophets or just as prophets and certain other Old Testament figures have been and always will be honored as saints in the church's liturgical traditions. So in other words, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the prophets, I would say King David, Isaiah, and many of them, I have a list of them that have been collected over the years that have been celebrated as saints in the liturgical calendar.
0: And that's why October 9th, he's on the calendar.
1: You're right, October 8th. That's, that was last Saturday. So um, and on the Sabbath, no less, for the Jews. you know. But um, I, I love studying these Old Testament characters because you and I, we look back to the finished work of Christ on the cross. It's a mm. central point of history. We get our salvation by looking back in faith at that point. The Old Testament saints are the same, just they had to look forward in faith to the coming messiah maybe not understanding all that was going to happen and all that entailed but they had faith in god and they obeyed his commands and they looked forward to the coming messiah so they are saved the same way we are by faith
0: the footprints of god dvd series through ignatius press where you covered all kinds of old testament luminaries new testament figures uh, abraham being covered as one of those people But now you're recently finished filming and producing a new groundbreaking movie on Abraham. What's what's distinctive about this one versus, shall we say, your coverage of Abraham in the past?
1: Well, this is the this is the movie I think that we're referring to. I haven't done another one on Abraham. This is the one that we filmed in four countries. Actually, we filmed it in Israel and in the Palestinian West Bank and in Turkey, also in Jordan. And also people don't. Are kind of surprised by this but also in Iraq they're surprised for two reasons that we filmed Abraham's life in Iraq first of all why would you go over there isn't it dangerous well yes it was the uh, ISIS was taking over at the time so it was still a while back that we did this and ISIS was coming in and taking over Fallujah and we were there for a week filming the life of Abraham with our filming crew we just kind of laid low we kind of went under the radar screen so to speak But the other reason people are amazed, why would you go to Iraq? Isn't Abraham a Jew? Isn't he from Israel? This is where the Holy Land is and the Bible was there. Uh, But that's a misunderstanding because for the first 75 years of this man's life, he lived in what is today called Iraq. Yes, Ur of the Chaldees. That's right, Ur of the Chaldees. That's spelled U-R for those who don't know. And he spelled the first 75 years of his life in what we call Iraq. Then it was called Mesopotamia, the land between two rivers, the Tigris and Euphrates. And he was a pagan. He wasn't Jewish. He wasn't an Israelite. He wasn't a Christian. He was a pagan idol worshiper. It says in Joshua that his family worshipped other gods on the other side of the river.
0: It's an interesting thing. I was talking to. Curtis Mitch, our friend who works with Scott Hahn and did the, the great work on the Ignatius Catholic Study Bible. And he says, you know, the, probably it, it, arguably that when we speak about in Joshua 24, verse six, that in one sense, his forefathers and, and they obviously uh, some of the forefathers at that time in the book of Joshua would have been people who unfortunately fell into paganism during the Egyptian uh bondage that happened after after abraham but we do know that whatever the case was that when god called him he's he's aware of him in some sense so that even if there was some other background or admixture that he was a man who responded to god's call right away uh similar to maybe melchizedek as well that these were these are people who were seeking god and and responded quickly when they were called by god
1: Just think if it. You're in a culture that is monolithic. Everybody there worships Nana, the God of the moon. That was the name of the God. And I was at the ziggurat where Abraham's family would have brought their offerings to Nana, the God of the moon, to the priests that served him. And that remains of that ziggurat, which is like a big pyramid, are still there to this day. And to think that you are in the middle of this culture. Your families have been buried there. You've lived there your whole life. Your ancestors are buried there. Your house, all of your investments, everything is there, your land. And then all of a sudden, this God who you don't know, another God who is not Nana, the God of the Moon. In fact, he commands that you walk away from Nana, the God of the Moon, who you've worshipped all this time. There's a a poem that I love, Tom. I'm just going to read the last few lines of it. It's in my movie. And it says, this is Abraham speaking to God. And God has just told him to pack up and go. And I'm going to take you to a land. And Abraham probably says, which land is it? And God says, you just start going. I'll tell you when to stop. But here's here's the last few lines. "Am Am I supposed to scuttle my life upon the road to some mumbled nowhere? In ten generations since the flood, you have spoken to no one. Now, like thunder on a clear day, you give commands. Pull up my tent desert my home, the graves of my ancestors. You come very late, Lord. You come very late, but my camels will leave in the morning.
0: Now, there's a man who responds to God faithfully, and it's an interesting question about how God, because we don't hear a lot of things, we, we see that there is the lineage between Noah and all the way down to Abram, and how that all played out in Scripture. It's not, not completely clear, but What's for sure the case is that, and as you've commented yourself before, that if you're being called at 70 or 75 years old, that's when we're, at least in America, supposed to be able to be packing and enjoying the golden years, not being called to a, a new vocation traveling, you know, 1,700 miles where uh, you don't have modern transportation. And so, um, my goodness, you got to go through some lands that might not be so hospitable to you. That takes a lot of faith yes. right there.
1: Uh, It certainly does, and to tell your wife of all those years, we're going to be leaving, dear, Mm. and he has 318 men who work for him. He has a huge flocks and herds, and to inform them that we're going to be leaving, and they say, well, what's the game plan? Where are we going? Let's get this on the GPS and see where the map Hmm. shows us, Hmm. but, um, you know, now most people would have said, okay, great. I'll do this. I'll go with you. It's a risky business, this new god of glory, whoever you are. But um, I want to make sure that I have a signed deed for the land before I leave. I want a guaranteed contract. I want to know what my income and pension are going to be, what kind of medical insurance I'm going to have and yet he didn't do that. Mm. He just said, "Okay, I'll trust in you." And God said to him over and over again, "I will be your inheritance." But I want money for my inheritance. Yeah. I want land and money and security for my inheritance. Yes. I'm already old. Yes. No, I will be your inheritance. Trust me. And Abraham did.
0: And that's the thing too, is it not about here is this guy, he's 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 a senior citizen by our standards and yet He's called to be childlike, which our Lord says the kingdom of God belongs to the childlike. I mentioned it yeah. in the first hour, Matthew 18 and Matthew 19, that we're called to be childlike. And that's, um, now we can't be imprudent, but when we're trying to follow God, follow God, he will test our faith, and, and we know that love has reasons that reason knows not, that following God is not irrational, but it will test you in a way that those who rely just on reason alone We'll be thinking, uh, here's where I get off the boat, so to speak
1: yeah i th- I would say that we have good and sufficient reasons mm, to
0: trust exactly that's,
1: a, that, that's a, it's not a leap of faith i, no. I don 't ever believe in a leap of faith. Paul in first corinthians fifteen says that i'm i 'm basically commanding you to believe in Christ because he rose from the dead. I saw him paul Peter saw him it 's a confirmed fact with five hundred brethren who saw him risen from the dead. therefore you have good and sufficient reasons to believe it 's not a leap of blind faith. So and you know and also, Tom, God says to Abram. His name is Abram. It's not Abraham yet. That doesn't come till later. And Abram means father. Hmm. And yet here he is, seventy-five years old. It's kind of a cruel name because you name father, and somebody says, "Well, nice to meet you. Where is your son?" And I don't have one. Uh. Well, you've named father, and you don't have a son. No, I don't. And then God says to him, at seventy-five years old, when when Sarah's sixty-five, that I'm going to give you a son. Through your own loins, not through adoption or whether I'm going to give you your own son. And later, he says specifically through Sarah. And I think Abraham, and, and he didn't say it quite this way, but he did say it. He, he said, have you seen Sarah lately? Mm. Have you seen <laughs> me lately? And you tell me I'm going to have a son now at 75 with Sarah, who is basically an older woman beyond the time. Yes, And you're going to give us a land What do you mean, give me a land? You're going to have this whole new land I'm going to give you. And not only that, but it was the land bridge between the great civilizations. This was the primo piece of land in the world at the time. It was the gateway between Anatolia in the north and Babylon and Persia area and Egypt. Everybody traveling had to go through the land of Israel like a bridge. Whoever owned Israel owned the toll roads. I'm going to give you this land. And this is um, seventy-five years old. This man is getting this promise and this command, and he did it. That's why he's the father of faith. But, but uh, Tom, my movie that I made on Abraham is is called Abraham, Father of Faith. Mm. But I also added and of works. Abraham, yes. Father of Faith and works,
0: because he has because to. Because Ab- he has to live it out. He does because well.
1: What would happen if abraham says okay god i believe in you yes i believe i believe with all my heart mm. but i'm not going to do what you tell me to do
0: yeah exactly we'll pick it up on the other side because it took a bit of childlike faith did it not for him to believe that he was going to be blessed with a child when his wife's beyond childbearing years right we'll pick That's that right. conversation up on the other side of this break speaking to steve ray catholic apologist author and producer of the Footprints of God series, particularly on Abraham. will be speaking about Abraham, St. Abraham further on the other side of the break. Stay tuned. Welcome back to Crescent in the Afternoon. Tom Nash filling in for Al today on this Monday, the Feast of God. Pope Saint John the Twenty Third, and over the weekend this past Saturday, although uh, you may not have known it, it was also the feast of Saint Abraham. That is the patriarch, and we're speaking with continuing our conversation with Steve Ray, Catholic apologist, filmmaker, pilgrimage leader to the Holy Land. Uh, Steve, uh, we were let, where we left it off was Abram means father, but he doesn't have any children, and he's going to be told that he's going to be. You know, people are going to be blessed through him. We see in Genesis twelve. Uh, but he's got he's to believe that God's going to do this, despite the fact that, humanly speaking, it doesn't look possible. And then because, in his mind, God is delaying the fulfillment of that process, he tries to take things into his own hand, doesn't he? Instead of maybe waiting yes. for God to fulfill it. Can you explain that to, the, to our listeners?
1: Yes, he does. Can you hear me okay? Yes, I can. Okay, yes, he does try to take it into his own hands, but at the request of his wife, Sarah, mm. who desperately wants a son. And there was a law in the land in that whole area of Mesopotamia and in Canaan, uh, that whole part of the Near East, that if a woman could not have a, her own child, that she would take one of the servants or slaves, and they were slaves, they were owned, and she could have her husband impregnate the slave. When the baby's born, the baby is born on her lap. And that then is a sign of adoption. So that Sarah would then have that baby through adoption. It would be her legal child. So she did that. And there was a baby named Ishmael born through Hagar. But God said, no, that wasn't the child that I was going to give you. Abraham says, well, let it be my head servant. Let it be him. Uh, No, no, it's not going to be him. I will be back this time next year. And Sarah will give you a child. That was what God said later down the line. She,
0: and uh, Sarah. Sarah herself um, has a name change there, as does Abraham. And then their child's uh, name, Isaac, it all plays into a bit of a, a profundity of, of God's plan, does it not, with name changes and also the meaning yeah. of Isaac.
1: Yeah, because even before he has a son, Abraham's name has changed from Abram, which means father, to Abraham, which means father of nations. Now, you talk about a cruel name. That's Mm. even worse because (laughs) it's going to be another year or two before he has a son, and now his name is father of nations. And somebody says, what's your name? My name is father of nations. Oh, really? Well, Mm. he's now 99 years old. Yeah. And God meets him again at a tent in, in Genesis 18. And this is really a fascinating passage. I just, uh, by the way, finished a 500-page commentary on Genesis. It's being published by Ignatius Press, probably come out later next year. And in there, I had a lot of fun with that chapter where, where the Lord actually comes down in person to tell Abram, or who is now Abraham, that he's going to have a son. And he's 99 years old. And he also tells him. That He says to, to get all your men together, 318 men, and uh, the sign of the circumcision is, uh, of the covenant is going to be circumcision. Ouch. Can you imagine Abraham getting his 318 men together the next morning and say, Guys, I got good news and bad news, which do you <laughs> want to hear first?
0: <laughs> I always like the bad news first. It makes it, the good news is helpful. But yeah, that was bad news indeed, huh?
1: Yes, and it said that the, that the Flint circumcision. Nights, the flint knives were brought out the next morning. They Without anesthetic, probably. They, oh, no, and there were flint knives. They were rugged flint knives Ouch. with no anesthetic. So this is, you know, I think that probably I would have said, Lord, I have done everything you've asked me to do. I am 99 years old now, and you want me to cut off What? Are you kidding me? Not just Mm. me, but i got to go tell all my guys that? Mm. Are you kidding me? I'm going back to Ur. I've had enough of this. I've been 25 years following my flocks through this desert, and I don't have anything to show. For all of your promises, 25 years, Hmm. mosquito bites is about all I've got. Hmm. And yet he did what God told him to do. And when he was 99, it says that God came to him. And this is interesting because there were three travelers, and he he speaks to the three of them in the singular lord
0: yeah.
1: and the great the one of the great probably the most famous icon of all time is by the russian rublev mm. and it's called the trinity and it's a picture of those three messengers or angels and and uh, the doctors of the church augustine and and uh uh one other, i think of his name is just second ambrose mm. said that here we're treading on deep waters and we're seeing the mystery of the trinity
0: Yes, and you thing. know, was it God and the, the, was it symbolized by the three and God, And but yet speaking of the one, and I know that uh, different people like uh, Scott Honnell say, well, in context, would it be the two guys, the two angels in Genesis 19 with Sodom and Gomorrah? In any event, there's no doubt, at the very least, it's typified, and there's no doubt that he's encountering God for sure.
1: Right, and it's interesting, though, when he gets to Sodom, it says there's only two left. One goes back
0: to yeah. heaven, yeah.
1: and the two, and then it says, when they call down fire, it says, and then Yahweh on earth called down fire from Yahweh in heaven.
0: Hmm. Yeah, There's
1: two Yahwehs there, and the yeah. fathers of the church said, yeah. wait a minute, how can there be two Yahwehs? This is yeah. a, an early image of the Trinity.
0: Yeah. There, there's a strong argument. So there's either.
1: a mixture of opinions yeah. on yeah, that, yeah. but it's a, yeah, it yeah. is a fascinating passage. And when when God spoke to Abraham and yeah. said, you're going to have a child, Sarah was eavesdropping hmm. from the tent, from the door of the tent. And she laughed when she heard God say, so your, da- your wife Sarah is going to have a child at 89 years old. Sarah laughs. And God says, why did Sarah laugh? And Sarah said, I didn't laugh. He said, yes, you did. She caught her. That's (laughs) one of the most, one of the comical scenes. It's like in a soap opera almost. And then, sure enough, a year later, he says, I'll be back a year from now and she will have a son. And she did.
0: Yeah. And that son named Isaac, right? I remember. Named Laughter. And means laughter. (laughs) Uh, There was this, uh, when I was in Stumville, a grad student in the mid-90s. And they had this, the House of Isaac uh, that some of the grad student women had. And it was the House of Laughter, you know, of, of good merriment, so to speak. Yeah. Uh, You know, with regard to faith and works, with regard to Abraham, I think of Hebrews 11. And we speak there of the pantheon of the Old Testament luminaries. And uh, really, to me, I mean, uh, with regard to Abraham, it's like, okay, you're father of faith. Okay, Isaac comes along. Through him, you know, the nations are going to be blessed and all of that. And then it's take your son, your only son— And go to Mariah, and you're going to have to offer him up, and yet that takes a lot of faith and work to be able to say, "Oh my gosh, you're telling me I've come this far, I've traveled this far, I now I have the son finally, miraculously. How did my wife have it otherwise without you, God? And now you're saying that the one through whom you're going to bless the world, the nations, you want me to offer up, and it's it's like a a burnt offering. Yes, and and a go ahead.
1: This is this. Uh, it's chapter twenty-two in Genesis, and I yeah. think, uh, without question, it is the pinnacle chapter of the whole book of Genesis. It's, it's everything is building up to that point, and after that point, it it comes back down. That is the pinnacle point, and not only is it an image of God the Father, like God. Ab- like the father, Abraham, taking his only begotten son whom he loves. In fact, that's how the chapter says, take your son, your only son whom you love. And yeah. that sounds like for God so loved the world, he yeah. gave his only begotten son. John and 3, 16. Where he takes him. 3.16. Yeah. That's right. And he takes him to Mount Moriah. Why? Because Mount Moriah is the top of Jerusalem where yes. another God who is, has an only begotten son is going yes. to offer him as a sacrifice in the same place. Centuries this is later. This typology Yeah, that's
0: Yes yeah. and and he's and there it is and it's like I love how the letter in the letter to the Hebrews it says that Abraham reasoned that God could raise the dead and figuratively re, uh, speaking you know this far as um, yeah. offering him he says he uh, received Isaac back from death so because he believes like well God you brought me this far um you said it's going to be through the sun, so I'll offer him because you seem to be able you you can do all so somehow he's going to raise him from the dead and yep. of course, he stops him. But yet, there's a prefiguration, as you say, typology. That takes a yes, lot of faith. God
1: the Father, God the Father, actually did go through with it. And then yes. Abram finds a ram with his head stuck in a thicket, and what was Jesus's head stuck yes, in a the thorn the crown bush, of thorns. or a crown of thorns? And so he says he named the place Jehovah Yireh, which is at the place at this mountain. The Lord will provide. He'll mm. provide what? I concluded that he would provide his son
0: Absolutely. later. The and Lamb of God. Is, uh, the Lamb of God.
1: The real Lamb of God <laughs> yeah. is going to be offered. Yeah. Now, it, now, now, the question always comes up, though, but it, Human sacrifice, isn't that a bit much? Mm. Our ancestors and patriarchs dealt with human sacrifice. Well, first of all, I'd make a point that Abram came from a culture that did have human sacrifice. In Ur of the Chaldees, when the king died, all of his retinue of people, sometimes up to 85 of them, would be killed and put in the tomb with the king to go with him on his journey. So there was already human sacrifice from where Abram came. And I wonder if God, knowing he was not really going to have Abraham kill his son, yes. was asking Abraham, well, Are you? you willing to do for me what you would have done for Nana, the God of the moon? Have you really transferred your loyalty over to me? And then I think also Abraham somehow knew he would not have to kill his son because he says uh, to the servants, the lad and I will go up and worship and we will come back to you. And when Isaac said, but we have the fire and the wood, but where's the lamb? We're going to kill it an
0: mm, offer. And God Abraham says, "The Lord
1: will provide the yeah. lamb, my son." And, so I think that Abraham knew he wasn't really going to have to. He didn't understand how or why, yeah. but that's how much he trusted God. This yeah. is the son of promise. And and Tom, another thing, one last thing, sure, is this son was no longer a baby. This was a strong young yeah, teenager. Yeah. He was there to, able to walk three days. He was carrying the wood of the sacrifice on his back, just like Jesus carried
0: mm. the wood of the sacrifice
1: on his back. And this. And Isaac was a willing victim. He could have fought off his old father because there's no way an old man could get a son up on an altar. I, when I did the movie, I built an altar Mm. and I put wood on it and I got a ram and I put the ram up on that thing. But I couldn't do it by myself. And there's no way that without with Isaac resisting And without even his cooperation, Abraham could not have. Isaac was a willing victim, Jesus, just like Jesus was a willing victim. So
0: even if Abraham, we speak about him as saying, all right, I'm coming back, we're coming back, because if worse comes to worse, God's going to raise him from the dead, as Hebrews 11. But even your point is that with regard to Isaac as one who is, I know estimates uh, from different, the ancient rabbis, 17 to 35, but this is, as you say, a full-grown Uh, A a young adult or a full-grown adult who himself could have resisted but yet does not resist. And so we speak about the sacrifice of Isaac and not just the sacrifice of Abraham because he prefigures Christ who willingly follows the fathers, uh, embraces what the father does and willingly embraces the death when he could have uh, obviously, as you say, called on legions of angels as he tells Pilate.
1: And I think also, I agree, that's absolutely right. And I think also God may have been in this situation giving us a human example of what it cost him mm. to give his only son, yeah. because here we see the story of Abraham, who is an earthly father like we are, with an earthly son, who is to offer him up as a sacrifice, and it just grieves us to even read the story, even though I've written about it over and over, and talked yeah. about it still, I guess get almost tears in my eyes reading that story, and, uh, and it says in there too, and the two of them went on together, and then when they're getting closer, the two of them went on together, the father and the son, mm. and to think that that he's giving us a human example so we can have a sense in our own humanity of what God actually sacrificed.
0: Yeah, it shows his trust in the Lord, which we're all called to. He was a man of faith and and a childlike uh, faith because that's what enabled him to uh, fulfill God's role in his life, fulfill God's promise with having a son late in life. And then um, following through and trusting in God that God would, if needed, raise him from the dead. That he is a great example of trust, and as we know from Christ, he is trustworthy because Christ, that great Lamb of God, the Lamb of God, rises from the dead. And uh, we've had this church, his church, two thousand years later. Which, if it weren't for, if it were merely human, we'd have been out of business centuries ago. Yes.
1: Oh yes, I agree with that completely. And this, this, um, when Abraham does this final test, when he passes, and it says that God says, "Now I know that you fear Me." I just said that God, I've been following you around for twenty-five years. You mean you finally realized? that <laughs> uh, that
0: was a test. <laughs> yes. Well, God bless Abraham. Thank God for Abraham. Thank God for God. Steve, Gr- Steve Ray, uh, thank you so much for being with us. Follow me. Pilgrimage of it's a pilgrimage of God. Catholicconvert dot And Catholic